Hi, Elliot. How's it going? Going okay. Um, so a lot in the human trafficking area this week. Um, uh, last month, of course, the DOJ issued a study, uh, actually not a study, but their, um, their national strategy to combat human trafficking. And on Tuesday of this week, one of the House of Representative Committee, House of Representatives committees um, held a hearing that was focused on the um, inadequacy of the data available to help uh, combat human trafficking. I, I know you follow this area, so I'm assuming you saw both of those. Right. And it's obviously Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Um, we also know that historically, unfortunately, where the Super Bowl is held, there's a lot of concern about trafficking happening there. So a lot of our financial institutions have sort of ramped up um, if they're in cities where or if they're in the city where the Super Bowl is being held. Uh, to to be more aware and be more proactive there. And also um, one of our colleagues, a former presenter um, at, at our webinars is somebody I've been able to sit down and do a podcast with, Dr. Louise Shelley, um, who is at the SCAR School of Policy and Government here in George Mason. And she's the director of the Terrorism, Transnational Crime and Corruption Center, somebody that I've been uh, able to work with in a class that I teach that she that she's uh, got me involved in. She also testified at that hearing on data challenges. So what's interesting here is while we've been doing a lot in the space, this hearing tells us sort of what we knew intuitively that um, we don't really know the scope of the problem. We know it's a major problem. It's a global problem. But data gaps have made it tough to figure out where to uh, you know, spend time and resources. And in addition to Dr. Shelley testifying, the GAO released a study that day. And you know, GAO always has the, in the title, it's pretty direct on what it's about. Um, human and drug trafficking actions are needed to address gaps in federal data. And that, uh, that report does talk about uh, the, you know, the need for agencies to be better equipped um, you know, uh, to, to deal with, with uh, how to protect against and how to report and detect human trafficking. And one of the things that jumped out at me, at least, was something that we knew intuitively again, but something also that everybody's also focused on virtual currency, that how much virtual currency and drug trafficking have increased, um, you know, since the pandemic, but also help enable um, human trafficking. So we knew it. But GAOs, as they always do, uh, brought that to the forefront with their with their uh, their testimony at the hearing earlier this week. Yeah, I um, I I thought that uh, there was a line in uh, Dr. Shelley's um, testimony that caught my eye, um, and I'm going to quote it here. It's right in the introduction. It says, "We are at a pre-scientific level." in understanding the dynamics and diverse elements of labor, sex, and other forms of trafficking. And, you know, you and I, but lots, pretty much everybody uh, talks about how much data, you know, we're sort of drowning in data. And yet um, the focus of that hearing um, was very much on the fact that we don't have comprehensive data sets 
um, even though lots of people have um, and lots of governmental agencies have looked at uh, elements of trafficking, there isn't really been an effort to create a comprehensive uh, data lake so that all of the people who are trying to tap into data to meet their particular mission or to really inter, you know, interfere with and disrupt trafficking have a common source of high quality data. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, uh, which um, seems to be a huge impediment to really getting uh, an effective strategy that can uh, disrupt trafficking on a global basis. Right. And, and going back to the GAO study, they spent a lot of time talking about virtual currency, both from a drug trafficking and a human trafficking aspect. So there's a lot there where they identify the agencies that are focusing on virtual currency. Um, we both know that the, uh, the Justice Department is creating or the uh, FBI is creating a session, section in the financial crimes area on virtual currency. Obviously, IRSCI and others have done some things in there as well. Um, they do quote uh, FinCEN data on SAR, suspicious activity reports, and talk about the pretty dramatic increase in SARS that reference both human trafficking and virtual currency. Um, you know, that's, that's obviously uh, an important data point, but still, you know, SARS don't indicate direct illegal activity, but they certainly indicate that the institutions believe there was some unusual activity. But going back to Dr. Shelley's testimony, and again, she's been very generous with her time talking to us uh, and providing information one of the other things that, that um, I wanted just to highlight in her testimony, when she, she participated in a, in a webinar that we were able to put together on some of, her, uh, what, some of her analysis, sort of an anecdote there that I think points to the value proposition of doing content for our community. She mentions that um, after the webinar, uh, one of the bankers that listened in, so one of our clients or members of the community, told her that uh, the analysis that she was doing, it was her, Polaris, and a, uh, a victim of, uh, a survivor victim of uh, trafficking, that the, that the analysis helped him refine his data analytics uh, in regards to specifically identifying hotels that facilitate yeah. human trafficking. So a really good example of the more data you have, the more proactive you can be, and the more potentially successful you can be. So I think that's, uh, that's the importance of this and obviously the information presented at Tuesday's hearing. Agreed. Um, so this is something that will continue to unfold. I'm sure that there will be periodic reports coming out of the DOJ based on their activities. Um, and um, ideally, the hearing that was held this week will not just be a collection of interesting testimony, but it will lead to additional discussions and ideally action, whether that's legislation or funding of existing um, initiatives or whatever it might be. So, um, and this is a topic that, <clears throat> as you've mentioned, we've certainly paid, we, you know, AML Right Source, but you and I as well have paid a lot of attention to and want to keep. Uh, talking about and bringing, uh, keeping in the front of everybody's uh, uh, mind so that we're all doing whatever we can individually to make a difference. That's right.
That's right. Um, I would just say, Elliot, uh, in this month, we've talked about this earlier. We have a live webinar on February 24th at 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, what's new for 2022? And we'll have three members of our advisory board uh, that will give you their insight from a fintech advisory and large bank perspective on what the issues are. And there's a number of them that we'll be covering. There's a priorities regulation expected in April and some other things. So we'll be covering some of those issues on uh, February 24th. Free, go to our website. You can register for the webinar now. Yes. And if you uh, enjoyed this edition of This Week in AML, you can certainly uh, subscribe to it on Spotify or SoundCloud or uh, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And there's uh, a wide variety of other uh, podcasts and uh, materials that you can access on those platforms as well as on our website. So um, we hope that we're uh, helping all of you with um, doing your jobs better and uh, staying well-informed. John, you have a great weekend, and we'll talk next week. Take care, Elliot. You Stay too. Bye-bye.